Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Mars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Weinkert. Happy New Year, Noah. Happy New Year to you, Dave. Uh feel like the New Year is, is barely started, but 2018 seems like it is months and months and months. Uh, doesn't it, though? I mean, it, I can't even remember 2018. Uh, everybody's happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah, for the best. Not one of our better years, I but, you know. It's ups and it's downs. Yeah, that's so true. We, we covered it uh, in, in our last episode, and uh, as is sort of the New Year's tradition for, I guess, magazines and podcasts, to look at what 2019 perhaps holds for us. Well, it looks like an onion. <laughs> the year or the glass? The glass. Oh, you know, mine's a Gibson. So, uh, oh, oh, all right, all right. I thought that was some kind of like uh, no, no metaphor. Uh, it's yeah, just right. uh, I look into a crystal martini glass <laughs> and I expect to see an onion. Yes, at the bottom. At the bottom. Well, maybe that's the reward. Maybe, yeah. that's, maybe that's 2019 at the yeah, end. A little there pickled be, onion. Exactly. There'll be yeah. a delicious pickled onion for all of us. You uh, could do worse. Absolutely, absolutely. Well. I mean, before we leave officially 2018 behind, uh, I think it would be kind of cool to look at some of the stuff that recently came out about drinking habits. Um, um, just the other day, IWSR, which tracks all this drinking data, I'm not exactly sure how they... What is it, International Wine and Spirits Review or something? I think that is actually correct. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Where... Well, let's just call it the IWSR yeah, and, I, I, and move I, on. They never really... Um, they never actually say what they stand for, but yeah. I guess we'll just call it well, IWSR. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, you know, sort of released their 2018 numbers for America, and I mean, nothing was too surprising. But, but we're drinking more, right? We are. We are drinking more. But well, I mean, yes and no, right? So less, um, less beer. Less beer. I mean, it's still a big, big category, right. but. People are drinking less beer, but they're drinking more, more hard stuff, more crap beer, and they're drinking more hard stuff. I mean, that's... I can't imagine why. <laughs> Spirit, <laughs> but it, it is true that, it, according to them anyway, is not my experience, but that spirits and wine are growing, but it's growing at a slower rate than it used to be growing mm -hmm. at, and they maybe think it's wellness or health. Um, I might even chalk it up, to be honest, to... The expense, right? Like all of, you know, all of these spirit brands, everybody's trying to get ever more, you know, premium. The price of cocktail is going up. The price of, you know, spirits is going up. So, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe people are just buying, you know, they're buying a better bottle, but they're only buying one bottle instead of two bottles. Uh, you know, I can't blame them. I can't blame them. I think it's foolish. But <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, in tough times, you want cheap booze. Yeah. And, and, but, and, uh, and, you know, it also, like, there, it's, I mean, really, I mean, 20 years of year-over-year year yeah. growth, essentially. So. Yeah, it might be just, uh, it might be slowing because it's reached a certain saturation. Exactly. Or this is the new, yeah. you know, growth rate. Yeah. And, 
you know, some of the other, you know. Well, the cocktail trend is starting to become normalized. Yeah. So it's not, uh, yeah. it's not as exciting as it was. True. In, in most major markets, but I think mm-hmm. in some of the... Oh, it's still spreading, yeah. yeah. And, and the quality of stuff that I see, you know, and all over, you know, no matter, uh, you know, I was in a, I don't know, like, it was sort of a weird upscale um, triple restaurant in Nashville a couple mm-hmm. months ago, where one side was, like, Indian food, one side was, like, Chinese food, and then one side was like southern food. Like okay. there's like three restaurants going together, which is kind of cool. And you could just go, you could have one course mm-hmm. in each. Could you mix and match? You, I don't think you can order off. You literally have to go from okay. like um, okay. <laughs> dining room to dining room. That was really cool. And I love the concept. The food I thought was actually very good. Um, and what was kind of awesome was that the bars were also different in each of the restaurants, but they okay. all stocked really high end stuff. Um, you know, a bunch of the Pierre Fran stuff was there, you know, the, the Stiggins right. uh, pineapple rum, which is a favorite oh. of mine. And obviously you helped uh, give some info on, on, on creating that one, uh, uh, which is a pretty... I, I pushed them to do it <laughs> for reasons of my own. Right. I like Charles Dickens, basically. Right. <laughs> it's it's out of Charles Dickens. So. And it's a delicious, yeah. delicious rum, but i kind of shocked to see it behind the bar. At this place, that yeah. was just like, and that kind of thing happens more. We're more seeing, often. we're seeing more of that. You're right. Yeah. We're seeing, uh, and I think we'll we'll continue to see sort of a uh, hybridization between high end bars and restaurants. Where you, the 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 most successful places I've been to lately, it's like cocktail bars plus good food. Yeah. Where they don't have to offer a full restaurant menu. Exactly. Uh, but they have a good chef. Yeah. You know, it's not just uh, sliders yeah. and uh, and sandwiches. Yeah. It's actual food. At the same time, uh, they don't have the full dining room with the extensive menu yeah. and all the expenses that go with that. They can offer a more limited menu and uh, have the cocktails be more of the focus. And those, those places are quite yeah. successful. They, they seem to work really well. And I think it's one of these things as real estate gets ever higher in New yeah. York, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A. I mean, I interviewed Tom Colicchio a few years ago, and you know he was talking about how a lot of restaurants he thought would probably leave the first floor, right? They wouldn't be right. able to afford the right. first floor anymore, that they would go to the basement level or they go on a higher they go floor, upstairs. Kind of like Tokyo, that's a... You know, a lot of restaurants there. And I think for bars, it's the same thing. And, It'd be but, like in Tokyo where you where you walk into like a, a an eight-story commercial right. building, go to the elevator, push the sixth floor, exactly. go to the door in the back right. and walk in and there's your bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. those, are, those are nuts. I kind of right. like it, but it's right. also kind of a shame. Oh, yeah. And, and I think, you know, even since we, we taped our last podcast, we heard about even more famous New York bars closing. Like, yeah. The Flatiron Lounge, which I mean, really meant. I mean, an incredible oh, that was revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really learned how to drink there, to be honest. I mean, because it was the first cocktail bar that I knew of, really, and that you know, that was my spot. That was yeah. the one that kind of closed the first wave. Yeah, you and, know, of, would, of the cocktail bars here, of the what? modern cocktail bars. Like your the book party for Imbibe was there. That's or, right. Or Punch. Imbibe, my Imbibe, first, yeah. uh, my first big cocktail yeah. book. And then I think we did the after party at Toby's bar. Yeah, we did. And uh, there's uh, a big passerby, a big punch of, uh, oh, what's that? Uh, oh, uh, the Pittsburgh punch. Um, the, um, uh, oh, the Philadelphia one, Fish House punch. Yeah, Fish House punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. 
Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, the first time that I actually ever had fish house punch. Right? Uh, it's very good. <laughs> it's, it's several cups of that. It's dangerous. I almost fell into one of the art installations. Yeah, um, well, that's the problem with having <laughs> art in your bar. <laughs> that's true. Or bar in a gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Answer. But I do think as, as real estate has gotten more expensive that we'll see also more bars serving, you know, working as kind of cafes, right? Or, yeah. you know, during opening earlier you know, yeah, um, trying to at least get some revenue during the day, exactly. which is otherwise quiet time. Yeah, that's yeah. or serving some food without having to put in a full right. kitchen, but right. just something to augment, right. you know, revenue stream. Uh, so I think that's something that'll become more common. And yeah, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting model and uh, this kind of hybrid model yeah. and uh, seems to take the best of both if it's done well. Yeah. But right now it's sort of the smartest people who are doing yeah. it. Uh, once it expands. I think we're going to see a lot of bad ones. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of, of, you know, both, I think, old bars, some of them doing that, like our friend Singjin Frizzell at Fort Defiance. That's exactly. Part of his. Yeah, it's a bar restaurant, and they both yeah. are kind of have equal weight. And then even some of the new bars that have just opened, like um, our friend Claire Sprouse just opened a new bar called Hunky Dory. And I think even it opened early so that she could sort of start it as a yeah. cafe, and then the cocktails will come yeah. later in Brooklyn. And I think so. of like Ticonderoga Club in Atlanta exactly. is a great example. Yeah. You know, where they've got a real chef. Yeah. The menu is limited. The drinks are amazing. Yeah. And uh, the bartenders can see every seat in the room. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not large. It's funny because I well, think Well except for the upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because years ago we saw restaurants kind of do that, right? Where they would yeah. have you know, a small menu where they'd be using like toaster ovens, like our right. friend uh, Zach Pelagio. Yeah, that and, chicken bone cafe. Right, that exactly. was uh, that was a long time ago. That was, was. Uh, an early example of this genre, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And that was more, you know, restaurants sort of shrinking their footprint. Yeah, but but still having cocktails and spirits. And this is kind of coming from the bar side, right? And sort of flip it over yeah. where yeah, yeah. The cocktails and spirits are like where the focus is. But having a limited amount of uh, yeah of, of of food, but yeah. but like real yeah. you know modern uh, yeah. food that people will pay money for. Exactly. Another example, of course, is Leenda in Brooklyn, which has great food. Yeah. And uh, and also you know amazing drinks. Uh, and one of your your locals near your yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. Clover Club, the same. Right. Started off as a uh, cocktail bar, and then realized right. it had to be more than that. It had to serve brunch. They had to have a real food for people uh, for the neighborhood because it was a a neighborhood that looked for that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And those are those are ways to build regulars. Yeah. You know, this is uh, as the cocktail bar movement sort of expands and uh, and becomes taken for granted. The bars that are smart. who are in it for the long haul are going to be looking for ways to build regulars Absolutely. rather than to make their bar a novelty. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where we're going to see more of in uh, 2019 is uh, bars working on that strategy of, of building up your regulars, of, of, of getting people to come back, of maybe offering more services to people than just a glamorous place to yeah. occasionally have a nice drink. And I think some of the IS, IWSR for some reason, can't ever say, right? Um, their data also sort of bears that out, right? I mean, we have, you know, uh, you know, according to them, like in 2018, we saw a big push in Mezcal. And I think part of that, I mean, obviously, small base, so any gain yeah. seems yeah. huge. I mean, we saw that with Rye Whiskey a couple of years ago, it went from literally yeah, it was zero getting, to like, you know, like, you know. 20% growth a year, but right, 20% like, right, of, right. of not much, yeah. But, but those types of things, I think a lot of that is driven by 
people, customers, trusting their bartender, right? Saying, yeah. where the bartender says, hey, I just tried this crazy thing. I think you might like it. And the person says, okay, like, sounds good. Like, I trust you. Yeah, and I see eight bottles of it behind you <laughs> right. on the bar. So, right. Right. Yeah. But it's one of those things without yeah. that kind of regular status that... You know, yeah, it doesn't have the advertising. It's right. not an advertising uh, category. It's people, drinkers yeah. becoming more educated, yeah. bartenders becoming more educated, drinkers. Well, this is how spreads in the, yeah. how stuff spreads in the modern world is is less through advertising, which yeah. people are very cynical about, and I think more through uh, through online, uh, you know, modeling yeah. and uh, and, actually, and I think really education. And, and, yeah, education, real world uh, influence. Brandy and cognac seem to be going back up. Whiskey, tequila, I mean, it, you know, all old, old friends of ours. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, to I went see to high that. school with all those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see that they're doing well and they're yeah, yeah. prospering after yeah, a few yeah. tough years for a lot of them. So uh, I'm glad to see cognac up. Uh, yeah. You know, that's uh, a lovely spirit that has kind of been struggling to find its place in the cocktail bar. Yeah. The French are getting a little more canny about this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, for a while there, they were, no, cognac is the luxury spirit. You know, you hold, you drink it in a snifter to celebrate an extraordinary occasion. That's not great for emptying cases. And for a few years, they really kind of forgot about the American market in favor of Asia. Where, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was such a big seller there. And I think it was, it was a Chinese government that had cracked down on gifting. Yeah. yeah. And that hurt the cognac brands very like, hard. Th- and then... They're like, oh, yeah, we have another market called America. Yeah. Like, maybe we should give them some more love and, like, introduce new products and, you know, do, you know, education in America. Like, and I think it's actually worked because since that downturn in China, they've returned their efforts to America. It's definitely borne fruit. I think you're right about that. Also, But also, uh, you know, there's been a change in cognac reg- regulations yeah. in terms of age. Yeah. And uh, they've upped the age requirements. So uh, VSOP has to be a minimum of six years, XO a minimum of yeah. 10. That's going to actually, I think, help sales I think so. uh, in the long term because you're going to really taste where your money is yeah. going. Uh, it, it makes a big difference yeah. uh, The when you've got a better aged product on the, on the market. Yeah, I think that's going to help too. Well, for some other good news, I think for 2019, um, obviously Tales of the Cocktail big shake up there last year seems to be you know found their footing in the last 12 months or so i think it was almost exactly a year that the mm-hmm. new executive team of caroline rosen and then neil from cure yeah, and neil bodenheimer and uh, the solomon family stepped in bought it made it a real or authentic um charity and you know really the goal is to you know give back to both new orleans that community and also the bartending community and, you know, they've already done a lot of steps, which, you know, have impressed me. And they're going to be, what, Tales on the Road is in March in Puerto That's Rico. That's right, yeah, March 10th through 13th. Which is kind of, a, I think, a really nice gesture, you know, as a country we've done so little to help Puerto Rico. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's criminal. It's really very sad. So, I mean, this is at least something, you know, that our community can do to help their community. And obviously people in New Orleans know what the devastation of a they do of a hurricane can do so yeah, it's an act of empathy it's yeah, nice yeah. as such yeah and tying those two communities together so that will be in early March you're speaking on a I'll be speaking panel. yeah that's right um, um, and it's in Old San Juan which is yeah. absolutely lovely one of the uh 
coolest communities uh, under American government. Not very you know, hard to get Dave to go to Old San Juan. No, hell no. <laughs> I, I, I love it down there. It's beautiful. Um, you know, it's a beautiful old Spanish city. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the rest of San Juan's great, too. But Old San Juan yeah. is, is really kind of special because of the architecture. Sure. And it's yeah. it's really, it's uh, it, it's this, this lovely old Spanish city. And it's got some spectacular bars. Yeah. I mean, La Factoria there is one of the best new American bars, uh, hands down. Yeah. Uh, El Bate is a classic old dive bar. Uh, Hunter Thompson used to drink it, uh, drink it. there. You know, yeah. it's uh, everybody used to drink there. Yeah. It's got uh, a lot of history. There's a bunch of other really nice ones. El Farolito, a lovely bar. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I think it's it's kind of funny. It's like Havana gets so, you know, mythologized, you yeah, know, yeah, because yeah. we can't go, we couldn't go there for right. so long, right? right? Like it was so that it became this forbidden fruit that, you know, with every passing year, you know, was better. <laughs> and that, not taking anything away from Havana, but, you know, Puerto Rico, we could always go to. And, yeah. and I think we've taken, you know, for granted. Well, Puerto Rico also had a huge hit in prohibition, yeah, because it applied there too, yeah, and sure. and any old cafes and bars yeah. had to start anew yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So that that sort of took some of the wind out of their sails. Yeah. But they do have some old bars, and they yeah. have some really really lovely bars. And uh, it's close. It's I mean, close. Uh, you can go there. There are plenty of bars that have air conditioning and Bud Light. Right. Uh, you can avoid those really <laughs> easily. There are others. I find that strangely around the world. But yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Why <laughs> but, should there be any different? Yeah, and widescreen TV on everything. But there are, there are others that are really traditional Caribbean right. bars, uh, very Spanish, yeah. and uh, really quite lovely and yeah. uh, a real pleasure to hang out at. And then Tails will obviously be back in uh, New Orleans in July. Um, it sounds be. very promising. Uh, I think. Uh, some of those who took a sabbatical year last year will be back in full force. I will be back in full force. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out, <laughs> but um, they will be back as well as a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think yeah, I, think I needed a year off. Pretty and well deserved after uh, many years in the tails trenches. Yeah. Uh, this will be my. 11th straight year so that's yeah I did 12 straight years and then uh, a year even before that and then uh, yeah uh, towards the end there I was averaging about 11 speaking gigs right uh, at each (laughs) tales that's too many right so I'm gonna over over like we're talking about four days right basically yeah yeah so it's plenty Saturday yeah it's it's uh, at least three a day usually uh, something like that so uh, I'm I'm gonna try to take it a little easier and uh, And, I might that Dave only means like you know Seven speaking, yeah, speaking exactly. Over forty, so you'll get to see plenty of more, more time in bars, less time on stage. Right, <laughs> that's my. That's, I mean, that's your resolution. For it should be everybody's right. resolution who's in the entertainment <laughs> business. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think there's plenty of other events coming up for 2019. Oh, yeah. Our calendars are already filling up in a horrifically fast. Um, I thought that there would be some letdown in 
December, and then I thought there'd be some let down in January. It doesn't appear that people still like to drink, Noah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that. I'm uh, very glad for that. One thing I'm starting to see that's very interesting to me is uh, rum is starting to uh, shake off its sort of globalization and yeah. rediscover terroirs and individual traditions that have sort of been blended together by marketing over the last uh, I, I feel 50 like years. Every, every year for the last probably five to ten years, yeah. like... Somebody has said this, but now it feels like it actually. Yeah, they said it as a as a brand thing, right. you know, the brand. <laughs> right. But they 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 didn't say it. You, yeah. you, you know what's happening happening yeah. now is you're starting to see individual geographical traditions yeah. reassert themselves, like pot still Jamaican rum. Jamaica was always right. pot still country right. uh, for the last forty years. They've been selling mostly blended rum. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just. Not the original yeah. Jamaican tradition, yeah. but hipsters now are starting to like have total demand uh, for real pot still Jamaican oh, yeah. rums. Yeah. And you're starting to see more of that coming to market because there is demand to we, it. We, we just ran a story by our, our friend and colleague, Wayne Curtis, about the use of Tejona wheels in, in Mexico to yeah. tequila. And the same idea that hipsters, millennials, I, to be honest, I think all drinkers are, you know, these kind of buzzwords, you know, you know, whether it's pot still or Tejona wheel, which is a giant volcanic yeah. stone that's used to crush. Yeah, uh, it rolls the, around and crushes. Agave, which is yeah. like the, the most, you know, Sisyphus-like task I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, but somehow worked. So they made you push the stone yeah, when you were down wish. there, didn't they? That would be amazing. <laughs> I just got back. Um, Roll away the stone. <laughs> 4,000 pound stone, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. A crazy, yeah. I mean, it's a crazy process. OSHA, I don't think would ever approve it in America. But um, no. Wayne makes the point, like we just said, that all of these things, pot still, open fermenters, you know, are things that drinkers are now looking for. Uh, yeah, know. I think you're right. It's not just rum. It is yeah. cross-category, yeah. and it is the new sort of more educated drinkers exactly. are looking for production. You yeah. know, they don't want, like, a nice label. They want to, like, how is this thing right. made? And they're starting to geek out about that, which is interesting. And where a few years ago brands got into a lot of trouble saying, we're handmade or yeah, we're, yeah, know, yeah, we're yeah. authentic, you know. Yeah. And, then, and that's, you know, I, some of them were more handmade than others, yes. right? <laughs> so without getting into some of that, them, uh, more naming names, mm, I think yeah. most of those lawsuits right, were... were, were thrown out. But the point is, is that I think on labels they've been replaced with, instead of saying handmade, they're using actual terminology. Yeah. And people who have it are I mean, now crowing about it. I mean, some of some of these rum labels I've seen recently are like, we use these marks, uh, like Plantation mm -hmm. is doing this, uh, Hampton now uh, from uh, Maison and Vellier, saying, you know, we use these marks and this is what's in our bottle. Uh, even right. uh, the... Uh, Gallo people have launched this uh, new line of California brandies right. that have the exact blend bill on the back. Nobody's ever done that before. It no. tells you yeah. what percentages of of uh, the different blending components are in there. Uh, was this brandy pot stilled or column stilled? What varietal of grape? How yeah. long was it aged? That's revolutionary. These are big companies. And the, this some is of them. really scalable. And, yeah. and some of the stuff they've been doing all along, but yeah. they just never thought... Like Patron Tequila has, I think, 10 Tahona wheels, which for a long time was more Tahonas than any, all the other brands combined, right? right. right? And most, there was, most of the Tahonas were in museums and they were using it. They just, I don't know, they never really, 
Well, never said anything care, about it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And now people obviously care. So that's, you know, which is a good thing. I mean, I think it's the evolution. It, it, it is. It, it, it's going to lead to some excesses, I suspect. Sure. But on you the mean, other you hand, mean drinking excesses. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, but, I mean, people become being jerks about. Oh everything. yeah, okay. That, you know the right. usual. Whether it's it's rum or tequila or you know, or whiskey. even even say Budweiser's listing right. their ingredients now <laughs> for for you know reasons of their own that we don't need to go right. into. Right. Uh, we could scratch our heads a little, but uh, but I, I do think that we're going to see more transparency. You're right. Whether yeah. it's beer or it's you know spirits or wine, you know. Well, I mean, the, the, I think this is good because the people who are actually doing things like with real craft, right have a certain leg up you know you can't take it away from them and i think the talk should be not about small versus large producers but really because you could be small and really phoning it in oh yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely so the the the, you know the issue is not i'm a small distiller versus a big distiller but it's more how are you distilling i mean i I think of like irish distillers still uses huge pot stills their single pot still stuff is locally grown grain and you know and it it goes uh, into these could not be huge more pot stills. Crafting, yeah, and then it's put in barrels right. in warehouses right. for lots of years. Right. I don't know what more you want. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. Well, but I think it's good yeah. that the debate though, is moving towards these actual questions of exactly. just you know, you know, people being uh, I don't know, sizist. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you use that. Yeah, no, word, I, I, like, I've always resisted that because yeah. some of the you know some of the like like you know you take. Uh, you know, a gin like, uh, say, Tanqueray, which right. is is made with four botanicals, I've like never it always heard of it. has. Is that a new brand? Uh, a new brand, yeah, okay. yeah. It's okay. it's got a lot of hipster yeah. marketing. Great. It's got a cool green bottle. Right. Um, but uh, you know, four botanicals, same as right. it always used. Right. It gets the best botanicals yeah. because they use the most, yeah. and uh, For sure. you know, uses neutral grain spirit like gin is used since the late 1800s at least and uh, is made you know with consummate care how if if you have a system that can write that off there's something wrong with your system (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like and I think the the sad news for 2019 is that we'll probably see a correction in the craft distilling industry where some of these you know startups and upstarts are going to disappear because I mean, it's a tough business. It and is. If you weren't the first distillery in your city or in your state since Prohibition, which a lot of the like, you know, the first generation right, can right. claim, and those are some of the most successful startups, like you know, the Stranahans, the Tuttletowns of the world. It's very hard to compete against all the other small and large distilleries. Yeah, especially if you're just making the same stuff everybody right. else is making, and it's not in great the same way. Or yeah, you, exactly. You're buying it. And yeah. now you're trying to make it and you don't. And you it's know. not tasting the same as when you bought it. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's not, it's not easy. You know, no. uh, true craft is not easy. Yeah. Uh, the, the people, the distillers I know who are true crafts, uh, crafts people have been working a long time yeah. at this and have been always improving their product. Yeah. Every, you know, it's never the same uh, year to year because it's better. Right. And there are other people who just, yeah. They said, we're just going to sell this. <laughs> Whatever it is, and uh, or, or it's you know it's a capital intensive business, right? It it's is hard to keep that up, and then a lot of people, the emphasis. I mean, I hate to say this, somebody who wrote a book about label art, but a lot of focus <laughs> was on how it looked, right? Right. The bottle, the beautiful, right, right. you know, bot, you know, getting a 
you know, a custom bottle, a beautiful label, creating a cool a name, cool you know, name, cool tasting room. Right. And like the last consideration was, oh, yeah, what does this taste like? And, and then unfortunately, that's those people are uh, uh, those people are not some of them are not long for the business. Right. Others are very good business right. people. And that will become you know, that will become clear. What I worry about is that people like. Uh, the Leopold brothers right. who are really intensely yeah. devoted to craft. Yeah. And now we've got uh, tariffs in Europe on American whiskey. Yeah. And that's going to well, that really was, hurt a lot of these people. That was the one outlet, right? Like, yeah. so that, you know, you might, you know, you have a gin right in Brooklyn and there are now 35 other people making gin. Right. Well, the one market they, is thirsty for Brooklyn gin is France, right? Exactly. Or London or, yeah, you know, England. where it's and, cool. It's got cachet. Right. And the name Brooklyn carries a lot of weight. And suddenly, you know, they're selling cases hand over fist basically yeah. as quick as they can ship them yeah. to Europe. And that was a really wonderful thing for a lot of these craft distillers. It was. Because and now it was it's a whole new Screeching world. halt. Yeah. I mean, the tariffs, you know, it's a really bad thing because the price was already expensive. Yeah. And now... If you add the tariff, I mean, no, they're not going to sell anything. I and, mean, and and the basically, you know, a bottle that sells here that's not that expensive is now suddenly competing against some of the world's most expensive spirits, right? right. In Europe, and it's just not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight, uh, and that's not what they're supposed to be. I no, uh, we're gonna we're gonna see a shakeout for sure, and some of the good people are gonna we're gonna lose yeah. some of the good people, some of the people who've yeah. done everything right, but yeah. we're also gonna uh, see who the survivors are. And I think that breathing room, and we saw that we've seen this with beer now yeah, several absolutely, times, several and, times, and some of those. Small, and we've lost some of my favorite breweries. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, oh, I for sure, I miss Smutty Nose, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot. And and but but that kind of room in the market allows like some real deal players, like our friend Garrett Oliver at the Brooklyn Brewery, yeah. to grow into like. Not just a small business, but to a very large business right. where they're, you know, a national business or Dogfish oh. Head or others. And that it would never have happened if, you know, all like, you know, 10,000. I mean, 20 years beer. from now, one or another of these yeah. small distilleries we talk about oh, yeah. is going to be as big as Jim Beam. Yeah. You know, Probably. I mean, that's that's a given. Yeah. I mean, it, it will happen. It's yeah. just a question of who. Yeah. Uh, it's probably more than one, too. And what will they be making? What will they be making? Yeah. Exactly. I really don't see a slowdown in terms of spirits, knock on wood. Certainly um, not here in America. No. I mean, I think, if anything, we've just yeah. scratched the surface, to be honest. Yeah. And, and, you know, whiskey drinking, we think everybody drinks whiskey now. Go back to, like, the 60s. Everybody was, drank whiskey. Really, everybody did. It was, it was twice yeah. as big. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think 1970 is the yeah. high watermark. Yeah. Literally, almost exactly twice as much whiskey is being sold as, as it was in last year, last few years. So we still have plenty of room. To I mean, grow. it's really, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, flabbiness in the commodity beer market too. Yeah. And that, that's still, that, that's an, that's, that's a, yeah. a, a, a balloon where the air is slowly leaking out Absolutely. and, uh, it's going to continue to leak out. I yeah. Think. I mean, I think the writing is on the wall. Yeah. They, that's... they, they didn't, uh, take care of, they took care of business. They didn't take care of beer making yeah. and it's going to really, uh, it's gonna. I mean, it's, it's gonna. It, it's hurting them. And I, and I think we saw a little bit of that in the spirits business. As times yeah. were bad, but oh yeah, most of that hasn't really. You know, has been corrected, or it didn't stick, or those brands went right. out of business. So. Right. 
the beer market is being replaced by things like spiked seltzer, which I don't think needs to exist, and, you know, all types of weird drinks and combinations of alcohol and, you know, basically every type of soft drink. You know, cider, which hasn't been a factor uh, commercially in America in 150 years. Right. (laughs) Coming on strong. It's coming on strong. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe more than 150 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right in a way. Since since the Germans got here in the 1840s, really, and and, and brought us lager beer, which uh, I'm I'm unfortunately not a cider drinker, so uh, uh, I think uh, the lager beer was a good a good introduction to America. <laughs> We're more fan of the rye whiskey than yeah. perhaps they brought. <laughs> yeah, the rye whiskey I like. Definitely a lot to look forward to in 2019. We'll raise our glasses. Clink, to, clink. Uh, Happy New Year, I guess. Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 